0: sha la Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org, and hosted by me, the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia. And that is all of you out there, of course. I'm Nancy Scout, and it's great to be back with you on yet another episode going into the evening seems like i've been podcasting all day um I've got uh was on uh counselor future conflict this morning had on uh john dislin just after that on radio contra and now i am joined by a great friend of mine the owner of ready-made resources mr robert griswold what's up brother
1: Hey, well, I'll tell you something. You just mentioned a a dynamic name, John Disland. He's a personal friend. I've known him. Um, His life's work, that book, Nehemiah Strong. I'm telling you, I I don't think you find too many books on the market that are as, uh, as, as applicable for the day in which we live, for the person who wants to live a victorious life. In this world, spiritually, you know, I don't think that book, I don't think you really want to do without that book. There's several books that I mentioned, like Pilgrim's Progress, you know, um, the Saints Everlasting Rest, um, you know, and I put that book not in that kind of category, but almost there. It is, it is a book that we need to have in these days, because I'm telling you what, as believers, we are facing, I think, the most adverse times humanity has ever known. And let me just let me clarify that. It doesn't mean that we have more physical persecution. Um, you know, I read the Fox's Book of Martyrs. And for those of people who have never read Fox's Book of Martyrs, I strongly encourage you to read it. It, it really does go through what. Uh, Christian people have had to face the horrible, brutal tortures they faced throughout the ages. And it, I mean, it, it's not for the weak of heart to read that book. Uh, all the way going back to the apostles and how they were brutally murdered, crucified upside down, torn aso- aso- asunder by dogs. I mean, just everything Isaiah, sawn in half. I mean, going all throughout the ages on into the New Testament and how Christians, especially during the Reformation, were put to death uh, horribly. But what we're facing today, and this is what I, I was uh, talking to uh, quite a few people about, is we are facing a spiritual darkness I don't think the world has seen since the days of Noah. I mean, this world has literally gone insane. All you have to do is look at what's coming out of the universities and colleges in the United States and around the world, um, the hostility we have in, a, in and around the world, the absolute vitriol hatred towards Christians or anything decent that we see happening. I mean, you know, it, we we really need a back. Battle plan, And I say battle plan because, you know, Christianity is a martial religion. I remember I, I, I taught that in a um, at a conservative Christian, you know, uppity, nice church one time. Christianity is a martial religion. And it's like it wasn't received too well. But Paul said it, at the end of his life, I fought the good fight. I've kept the faith throughout the New Testament. There's all kinds of martial terms. And John Dislin has put in that book, I think, an excellent plan for the for the person to stay victorious, not so much in our body, but so we don't compromise. We're men and women of courage that we we know how to stand strong in this day, that we don't cower in front of our enemies. You know, uh, uh, you know. I just reading people in the Colosseum when they when the lions were going to attack them. And, you know, they were trying to intimidate him with the lions. And and I remember one guy said, listen, you can't intimidate with me with these lions. If the lions don't put me in their jaws, I'll put myself in their jaws. I mean, you can't defeat a man like that. And so, um, again, kudos to John for what he's done. And I just want to give him a good call out because get the book, get the book. I'm just saying it's worth every dollar you spend on it. Nehemiah Strong. Yeah, amen uh they you know he and
0: he's he's always such an incredible guest the the energy but as good as he is doing a podcast with him where you just have that natural flow of energy he's that much better in person just a a guy to spend some time with just converse with just i mean you know in in doing what i've done it it, you know over the years i've been really blessed to have um encounters with with such incredible people. And uh, he's he's certainly one of them, you know, along with yourself. But, um, you know, talking about insanity in the world, talking about the uh, interesting breakdown of things, of course, the the uh, social media and news world was a fire over the weekend with rumors of a potential military coup in China, which apparently have now been dispelled, Uh, Xi Jinping has now re-emerged. Uh, there was all sorts of propaganda that was coming out. He was under house arrest. There was all these things, right. Which just didn't really smell right in my estimation, but there were some oddities that happened. We saw the, um, uh, the cancellation of a large number of flights. There was nothing for a short period of time coming out of China. Uh, internal travel, uh, interstate travel in, in China via rail had stopped as well. And so this was very, very strange things. And Of course, people, people in the media are no betters, uh, ran with it, both conventional media and alternative media. And so I was just kind of watching this one from afar. You know, and uh, Xi Jinping has now emerged. There was no military coup. Uh, the elections inside of China have concluded. He is once more uh, been elected for a, a life term, uh, again, as the premier of China. But, Tom,
1: you— uh, Was it 81 million votes?
0: 81—well, yeah, exactly. 81 80, 80, exactly 80 mm-hmm. 80 million, 80 million votes to one. Yeah, it's— yeah. Uh, Yeah, but there are uh, reports that that there were roundups of potential political dissenters within the Chinese Communist Party, Um, and there have been, and and this has been confirmed, that there have been trials for a few of them already. Uh, So was there something maybe going to take place? And this was a preemptive action. Um, Who knows? Uh, That's kind of my working hypothesis behind it. Obviously, uh, you know, we're it's a lot of conjecture um, and, you know, not that it really even makes that big of a difference now. But, you know, you having unique experience in China, you know, you having been there, you having dealt with the Chinese. um, What's your take on all this kind of what's your breakdown of all this and where do you think China is going to go? What's their next move?
1: Well, I, I think we know the next move is they have they have designed a global domination. I, I've been in China. I've talked to some of their uppity up people. I'm not going to go into who it is, but I'm just saying they're well placed in their government, and that their 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 goal is global domination. They they believe they are the special people, like so many other empires, that they're the ones that, that shoot, are destined to rule the world. I mean, and and when we when we talk about China, we have to keep in mind that this is a very monolithic society. It, uh, There's a caste system in China. Um, So it's not like the United States where we could have a coup, um, you know, much easier in the United States just because of the political situation and because of the breakdown of our populace. We have so many different opposing groups in this country. Um, In China, it really is. It is a monolithic society at the top. It's not that they don't have problems. But they keep very good control on things. You just look right now what they're doing. To, a, a big threat, to what, the, what the Communist Party sees as a big threat uh, to them is, is the Christian faith uh, because that takes their allegiance away from the state. And puts it in, into the, the realm of faith, and they don't want that. It's not that they just don't like the teachings of Christianity. They see the teachings of Christianity and Jesus Christ as an opposition to, uh, you know, total control by the state. And so that's why they're going in and closing down all these churches. I mean, you know, we we we've, we've complained, protested, UN, everything. And what's China doing? They don't care. They are still destroying Christian church after Christian church after Christian church because they are not going to allow any opposition. And I think the Christian church is probably one of their greatest, uh, what they perceive as the, one of the greatest threats that they have. Um, it, all we have to do is go back and look at a historical Thing as as far as you know what uh, Christianity did to Rome, and this is what I always tell people: was it the sword of Barabbas that that conquered Rome, or was it the teaching of Jesus Christ uh, through his twelve apostles? Well, we know the answer to that. Saint Augustine eventually came to power in Rome, and and uh, Rome became a Christian empire, and then the the Caesars lost power. Uh, so that whole dynasty of Caesars and and that that whole uh, cabal of of, uh, of you know family rule went away and Christianity took over. Um, the Chinese know this and they see Christianity as a threat. So this is what I'm saying. They do not allow anything that they perceive as a threat to their rule, nothing. And they're very brutal about it. So if you you are uh, the whack-a-mole thing, if you're one of those whack-a-moles that pop up, you're gonna get hit on the head with one of those hammers. And that's what we see going on in China. So I I really took it as a grain of salt. I heard a lot of people saying it's absolutely positively happened. There's a a train of 80,000 mile long uh, vehicles moving into Beijing. all that stuff, right next to the eighty thousand arrest warrants that QAnon put out about, you know, Joe Biden and his <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah, you know, they put those two stories together. It's it's typical Machiavellian politics, you know, is what it is. Uh, if you read The Prince by Machiavelli, I mean, it, it, these people know how to govern and how to manipulate the crowd, and they do it so well. And so that's all I think we're seeing I, again. I've been there. I don't, I don't think it's going to um, uh, turn over anytime soon. I think the Christian faith has the possibility of overcoming the, the Chinese Empire, but um, I, I don't think it'll happen in my lifetime. Um, hopefully, it would, but I don't think it will. But I think I think what we see immediately is China's domination of the region. That's what they want. Uh, you know, that's why they're building all those, those islands out in the South China Sea, the Spratly Islands are up, up for grabs, they're claiming them, and they're building those artificial barrier islands uh, so they can project dominance in that area. Uh, they wanna directly challenge the power of the United States. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's what I think the next next thing is. I, I, and I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but they know they have a very weak president in the United States right now that would probably do nothing. I know he committed himself, I think it was foot in the mouth disease, To putting U.S. troops in China, I mean into Taiwan, should China invade, Uh, that has never been our policy. We've never publicly admitted that, and I know they tried to backtrack that one. But um, I I think during the next few months, we will see China probably do more than they will do um, if uh, after January the Republicans take over. Uh, So that's what I expect. I I expect China to continue with their with with their march towards uh, at least dominance of the uh, Asian basin and you know that's going to cause all kinds of turmoil with smaller countries uh you know there's the historic rivalry between japan and china all we have to do is go back to world war ii that 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 has never gone away i've been to china i've talked to a lot of chinese people and they they still hate the japanese people because they the japanese people never apologized to them for what they did that's what the chinese said they never apologized uh for the brutality that uh, japan did inside of china killing millions and millions of people the rape of nanjing um, and then you have uh, other Pacific Beijing countries uh, that were, you know, th- th- it, they don't want that challenge to their power. Nobody does. No government wants it. That's why the United States goes in and conquers all these little nations, because, you know, Libya, they wanted to get off the dollar. What did we do? We hammered them down. And uh, I think uh, that's right. what we, China wanting to do right now is hammer all those down. And with that said, I will tell you, Um, They have so infiltrated our country, I I think people would be aghast if they know how much they've infiltrated every institution of learning, every university, every college. They've instituted all uh, educational systems all the way from primary education up to university level. They've uh, uh, they've um, gone inside the news medias. They're in Congress. uh, They they are working inside uh, corporate America and all of our major Fortune 500 companies stealing information uh, from us they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And I do see a conflagration a in the future between the United States and China. I, I almost think it's unavoidable between the two big kids on the block. Eventually one of them is going to take a swing and there's going to be miscalculation and then it, it'll be game on. Hopefully we we can avoid it, but I think in the long run, uh, that that's probably what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I see that too. And, and uh, you know, bricks. I've talked a lot about bricks. Uh, in, in case any of the listeners out there don't know what that is, uh, it is the economic alliance between Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And they have a a large number of other countries that are signatories onto this as well. And, um, you know, one of the big issues that was holding BRICS back was the fact that, um, India and China were were locked into a border dispute that's been resolved and not only has it been resolved, but they have uh, vowed to strengthen their ties from there. That's happened just within the past two months. So the only other hang up they have is, uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil. And the ironic thing is, is that the Biden administration is doing everything in its power to get rid of Bolsonaro. Um, This is working directly contrary to American interests. Our influence in South America has never been worse than it is right now. Uh, And every leader in South America, save for Chile, is tied at the hip to the Russian and Chinese alliance. Um, You know, Central America as well. I've talked about this extensively and people just seem to want to ignore it. And and I'm not so convinced that any of our policymakers in Washington are even paying attention to this. Uh, because they're so busy figuring out exactly how they can grift off of Ukraine, whatever the next Ukraine is gonna be, uh, so on and so forth. And and you know, it, it's it's really unfortunate because what's occurring on the border is gray zone warfare. Okay. One hundred percent that is gray zone warfare. They have waves of people that are being pushed to the front, and who benefits from that? Um,
1: you know, eighty-two, eighty-two known terrorists they've caught trying to cross our southern border. Eighty-two known terrorists. That doesn't. That's. Probably one tenth, if, if not more than that, have, have actually made it across the border. We know that ISIS and all these other radical groups are actually training people to cross into our country to be combatants. And uh, I just watched a video recently of it uh, stopped to, to, you know, um, they could pass their Hispanic looking men, um, but they were Pakistani. And they were coming into the united states we don't know if, if they've been radicalized or not and uh, again the the Biden administration has made it very very clear they don't care about our southern border in fact i i think it's being done on purpose you know to get as many uh what they would perceive as democratic voters in two million plus in one year people uh coming in that's that that is an invasion of our country there's no way to state it any other way but uh, again this this is this is Hubers. this is what Hubers does it blinds you to the reality of things. Um, you know, it, it's, like, it's like the prize fighter who's uh, you know, gotten to the top, the, the ultimate Rocky story. You know, he's gotten to the top, he's beaten everybody, and he gets lax. And then he gets into the ring with uh, Clubber Lane or whatever his name was, and he gets his, he gets his face handed to him. Um, and, and I think that's where United States is at right now. Our military is becoming a joke. Um, you know, our, we, we've we've spent so much money. I don't know, I don't know how much longer this gravy train can continue. Economists are warning that you know we are facing a payday very very soon in the future. Uh, supply chain shortages. We don't manufacture anything in the United States anymore. We've cut off domestic oil. You know, so we don't produce oil, natural gas. Uh, you know, I was listening the other day, and it, it's insanity. It just shows you they have no they have no concern about the the, the environment at all. The number one cause. For, for greenhouse, I mean, uh, for uh, carbon emissions being reduced in the atmosphere is the use of natural gas. Number one, natural gas. So we're not burning oil, we're burning natural gas. That has brought the most environmental cleaning up of anything we have ever done. And yet what they do, they're cutting off natural gas. So they have, they have no desire to really care about the environment. They're just using it as a hammer to clobber people. And and what is it? It's Russian oil, which we, Russians are selling it to the Indians. We're buying it from the Indians, so we're buying Russian oil. Um, is their oil burned cleaner than our oil? Uh, does it not make as much? Right. It, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's insanity. So this pride we see in Washington, like you said, they have, they've got their hands in so many cookie jars stealing money. You know, the, the sex trafficking, the organ trafficking, the money laundering, that they don't really see the paradigm of the world changing right now away from the United States. Um, and, and it could be really catastrophic for our nation. I think it will be catastrophic for our nation. And plus the internal strife. Just just looking at what happened, say, with Martha's Vineyard or the abortion issue or whatever, you see half the country basically telling the other half of the country they're terrorists. Donald Trump has called Joe Biden basically a terrorist. And anybody who follows him a terrorist. And and uh, Donald Trump has basically said the same thing about Joe Biden and the gaggle that follow him. So you have this country that's really we're almost at blows with each other. Um, and 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 as we're, we're we've reached this point of just absolute hostility, American towards American. We have so many global crises and challenges arising that aren't being paid attention to. I mean, we are keep pushing and provoking and provoking the Russian bear in the Ukraine. I mean. We want to make it sound like it's all Russia's fault, but we know about the bioweapons labs. They know what's going on. I mean, all you have to do – I mean, the people at Yale and Harvard and those smart guys that go there, smart guys and gals that go there, they know history. They know that they know the model of what Hitler did. I mean, what we're doing is exactly what Adolf Hitler did. You know, oh, I just want the Sudetenland. I just want the Rhineland. I just want Poland. And we're going to – we sign a pact with the Russians – that's what Hitler did. Signed a pack. We're not going to invade. Well, a few months later, was Operation Barbarossa, where they just pulled the Nazi army right into Russia. The Russians know this. They see that happening again. And even if we don't mean to be doing it, which I think we are doing it on purpose, but even if we didn't mean to be doing it, you have to look at it from the Russian perspective. You know, 60-some years ago, they lost 20 million people because of a set of circumstances that are exactly like what we we're doing. I mean, we're we're offering Finland NATO membership. Finland and Russia have a big border. Poland. Uh, Poland. That's gone. That has absolutely uh, NATO. We're even offering Switzerland NATO membership. Ukraine. I mean, it's all there. Where we, the whole uh, Western front of Russia is going to have, you know, NATO troops on it. And so... What, what are we doing? I mean, where's the John F. Kennedy right now that knew that, that how, how we stumble into war? I mean, let's learn the lesson, ladies and gentlemen. Let's learn Archduke Duke Ferdinand. I mean, one minor incident started not only World War II, I mean, World War I, but if World War I hadn't happened, World War II wouldn't have happened. So, I mean, that one assassination really was responsible for the death of 70-some, 80-some million people. Uh, and we don't look at it that way, John F. Kennedy understood, you know, the, the dynamic of building building up a war, uh, tit for tat, however you want to do it, uh, how, whatever you want to call it. But you know, every time we make a provocative move, they make one back. And now we have on the table the use of nuclear weapons is being discussed. Now I, I don't know. I, I think Vladimir Putin might do it. I don't know if the generals would let him do it. They might just go in there and shoot him if he tried to do it. I don't know. But The fact that we are discussing nuclear war in Ukraine, I mean, it should scare everybody. It should take the people in Washington, all the Harvard and Yale people, and the CIA and NSA and all these other, they should take a moment of breath right now and step back from this, because once that happens, I mean, once that genie is out of the bottle, there's no pulling it back. We don't know where it would end. And so I think we're at a very, very dangerous point right now in, in world history. God, I, I, ho- I hope Vladimir Putin is showing better judgment than our leaders are showing. Because, you know, we, look who we have running the country. Uh, Cackling Kamala, Dementia Joe, and Nancy the alcoholic. I mean, those are the three people in charge. The unholy trio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, and, and, and we have General Milley. I um, uh, I want to feel white rage. I want to know what white rage is. I want to know. I mean, good grief. You're not there to feel white rage. You're there to fight a war, dude. You're there to fight a war and make our make our make us the best in fighting a war we can be. Not not to go to sensitivity school. I mean, the Air Force right now, the Air Force Academy, you can't use the terms mother, father, boyfriend, girlfriend. You saw that, right? Yeah, because they offend people. Yeah. Yeah, and the Air Force Academy is not use the word mother, father anymore. No, it, it's,
0: uh, it's an embarrassment. It, it I mean, th- there is no other term for it. It's an embarrassment. Um, you know, it, it, I don't, I, I just don't know, uh, what other, other term to use other than it, it's an embarrassment, but it's, it's a purposeful subversion. I mean, we were warned that this was going to occur. We were told that this was going to occur now that it has occurred, um, you know, and people are kind of scratching their head like, ah, oh, how did we get here? Because you you were told this was going to happen. Um, you know, it, it, this was what they said they were going to do. This is what Frankfurt School said it was going to do. Herbert Marcuse and his contemporaries said they were going to do this. Um, you know, and and here we are. You know, but speaking of here we are, so I know uh, shifting gears just a little bit, I know that, you know, obviously you have your, your finger on the pulse of the... Preparedness markets of, uh, in particular, food storage as well as uh, night vision, which are your your two biggest sellers far and away. You know, where are we in those markets? How seriously do people need to be taking their stuff right now? And and I know that you know default answer, yes, you know you need to be taking this stuff extremely seriously. You need to be doubling down on your preparedness, but down to brass tacks because you're a dealer you sell you know you're a high volume dealer you sell a lot of this stuff what is what what is the the bigger picture what's the outlook on availability of items going into twenty twenty
1: three well i i mean i, I think w- w- it, the markets are really crazy right now um if it's true that Walmart and these big box stores are just canceling billions of dollars with of – um of orders, what it's saying is they're expecting the economy to really turn south. Now, I'm reading that, um, waiting to see if it's true. But if these big box stores are canceling billions of dollars in orders, it, that's going to have a global ramification because it shuts down the delivery chain the whole way. And, and in this on demand, everyday delivered system, it, it, that would be catastrophic. That they, you know, the, the, the um, the economy has gotten used to a certain delivery mechanism. If there, There's a book out there called The Dopamine Nation, and I recommend everybody read it because what what happens to us emotionally as, as Americans? You know, when God made us, he made us that the pain and pleasure receptors are, 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 are um, mutually beneficial to us. OK, I want pleasure, but I realize if I get too much pleasure, there's pain involved. Okay. And if I, and nobody wants the pain, so we seek the pleasure. It balances each other. You know, I, I like a glass of wine, but I just know I don't want to go down, down two fifths a night because there's a lot of pain involved with that. A little bit pleasurable, <laughs> lots you know, same thing with that, sex. That you next work. day is rough. Yeah. But what happened is, so just as the American people, we have, we have the pleasure receptors in America up to the max. I mean, people, I mean, if you take their, cell phone away from them. Everything has to be pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. And so you have this dopamine injection into our psyche that has us at this uh, unrealistic state of just seeking entertainment and pleasure because we've managed to suppress pain uh, be, be, through different mechanisms, money and, and availability of things, the internet. And so we have this society running around right now. just it, it, They don't get it dance for me or I die every moment. Um, and, you know, in the book, what they say is that it's going to equal equilibrium and when when, the pl- when it does equal equilibrium, it, the pleasure thing comes, doesn't go back to neutral, it goes down so that pain becomes very excessive and until it reaches equilibrium again. Um, but I think that's the same way in the economy. You know, we have we have this stimulated economy that we're, you know, admitted uh, $30 trillion in debt. So we, we just keep dumping, dumping, dumping money. And it stimulates and stimulates so people can go out and do what they want to do and with no consequence because there's money there and eventually that has to come back to normal. Well, when it does correct and we see we see some corrections going on right now, the stock market's down what, 3,000, 4,000 points, gold has dropped to $300, Bitcoin, oh my gosh, what's almost some 70,000 down to about 18,000. Uh, so we see these corrections happening. And I, I think what's going to really happen is that the ability of goods, as, as it starts to contract, um, the things that, that, that are what we considered as a uh, luxury items are going to probably disappear. That's, that's A lot of them are going to just disappear because there will be no market for them. Uh, people are so consumed with just the, the basic necessities of life. Uh, We're being warned of that now with the food food shortages uh, through the ammonia, nitrogen, uh, food crises. I I think the ability to do preps might curtail in the next two to three years where you won't be able to get anything As as this economy reaches correction. And now the world reaches crushing because it's not only our economy, the Chinese economy, the, the British economy, can't Canadian, uh, we, we see Venezuela, what happened down there. This is a global phenomenon that the, that the nations of the world are just overspent, overspent, overspent without the real tangible assets to be there to back up the spending. And we're going to see a major correction. And when that happens, you're going to see political violence like we, you can't even imagine. I mean, you're going to see it in the streets. You think it's bad right now? What Motor Delphia and uh, what was the other one? Uh, something you know, I mean, the yeah. BLM guy just got whacked <laughs> walking down the street, somebody whacked him. I don't know if you saw the video, uh, yeah. just walked up, and boom, shot him dead. Um, but you, you know, when, when, this, when this correction happens, you're going to have an emotional correction of people that are used to having everything they wanted, um, you know, all the pleasure that they wanted, the money, the drugs, the sex, the food, all that that they want. that goes into correction so you're going to see a lot of mass psychosis in my opinion and then on the same time you're going to see this correction is in the global supply chain and that that's a that's a witch's brew in my opinion and so to answer your question um i i've really i just can't stress enough you know you know i've done well if you want to go buy it somewhere else go buy it somewhere else but just get it because we're at i think at that time when, when the ability to prepare is over if i think if the democrats win again especially in 2024 but in 2022 2024 they're going to they they will outlaw guns i think they'll do that they'll have the political power to do it not that anybody's going to ever give them up they're not uh it's just like that uh, stock ban they were going to do you know they would have made 80 million criminals they didn't care now fortunately that looks like it's been on the back burner it's been uh, shot down, but get, should they gain power, that'll come back and they're going to start banning everything. And I think, you know, with a digital currency on the horizon, uh, they're going to be able to control what you buy, how much of it you buy, how far you can travel. And that's not going to bode well for anybody wanting to prepare. And at the same time, we just see them absolutely destroying the supply chains of everything we can imagine from, you know, food, water, uh, uh, energy, all, all, all those supply chains are being deliberately sabotaged. And so it's a complex answer to, to what you asked me, but you know I would see luxury items like night vision, radio communication. All all tyrannical regimes control radio communication. Uh, you go to China, a place like that, ham radio operators, and you don't you don't get your ham radio op- in North Korea. Yeah. You know you don't do it. Uh, they have to they have to absolutely put the kibosh on any free information. And so the things that we can afford now and take for granted now. Um, this regime uh, obviously has made its its political uh, directives very well known. Uh, what was the uh, senator wannabe out of Ohio said? We need to kill them and corral them. Um, I yeah. mean, the, what what language? That's 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 genocide language. That, and yeah, that's the genocide language. Yeah, I mean, it's they're they're
0: telegraphing. Political violence—that's that, that's exactly what they want, and they're going to get that. I mean, they're, they're using Antifa as a, a, as a type of terror squad. Um, they're going to continue with this tactic um, uh, until it, it comes to a screeching halt, and that's, you
1: know, that's coming. You, you pointed out something in the last class you did here that was very good, and I didn't realize because you even sent me a picture of it. You know, we just—I I hear so many, you know, wannabe, wannabe Rambo's out there. Yeah, well, wait and wait till they come into my neighborhood. You know, it's like, you, dude, you don't have any idea who you're dealing with. These people are rotating their members in and out of war zones around the world. So they're getting absolutely good right. war training. Um, uh, that one-time pad code that that you showed me that Antifa, uh, Antifa or BLM, I forgot which one, was using. It was Antifa. It was, it was uh, specifically
0: it was Rose City Antifa um, transmitting a message via Twitter. Uh, they were using open source means, so it was it was out there. anybody could see it. Uh, I got a screen grab of it, but they they were uh, Rose City Antifa was sending a message to uh, one of the Antifa chapters of New York City, and it was in in a one time pad. Um, you know this this, and I, I show that as an indicator of a level of training and a level of sophistication and coordination as a very high degree of a threat. You know, and and to go back to uh, the last class that I taught at your place, uh, the intelligence collection and tradecraft course. So you know, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a blast. But when when you have people saying, "Oh, wait till they come to my town," wait till they come to my town, they're probably already in your town. Absolutely. Uh, you 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 know you you can you can have whatever coping mechanism you want, whatever projection that you want to put out there. Of um, oh yeah, well they they won't try that in my town. Look, I'm here to tell you they will because that happened to me. I live in an extremely rural, mostly conservative area of North Carolina. Okay. It it happened here. Okay. It didn't happen here just once either. It happened twice. Okay. Um we we've had those issues. All right, I've talked about that in detail in the past. Um, you know, your quiet little town in Tennessee, quiet little town, mostly a, a summertime tourist attraction, really nice place. And then lo and behold, when I do my uh, pre-site surveillance, when I'm going and I'm, I'm doing uh, some of the, the preparation things I do for class, I notice that there's a place in town and we're talking about one square mile here, folks. I noticed there's a place in town that's a little odd. Some things don't add up. And so me, I am just surveilling this place. And then I'm going to start doing some fact-finding on it. Lo and behold, um, while we're in class, that became a, a target of interest, right? And so, you know, real world, we're in training. But real world, we're taking the pieces of information that we found out about this place and we're creating a broader picture and we're taking a look at it and saying, huh, you know, it's, it, and, and, you know, you put things together, all of a sudden it starts to paint a picture. They're coming to your town. They may not be outwardly hostile in every case, but I promise you there is some, there there is going to be some level of activity that's going on.
1: Well, let me, let me give you a case back. Cause after you left, uh, you know, I, I, I'm on the church, our church security team, and we we have a small Baptist church. Well, I'm a, on the security team there, and one one uh, Sunday we come in there, and a gentleman's in there, and so he's different. He's got in the middle of summer, he's got long sleeves on, which like you can tell, hippy dippy type looking guy. Uh, and he, so I think he tats. You know, he's got he's hiding his tats. Um, you know, and he's got a bulge, you know, in, in the front of his shirt, which I I found I think it I think it ended up being a passport wallet, but I, I'm not sure. But anyhow, when I'm talk- to start talking to him, he told me he was visiting from France. He'd come to Teleco Plains because he had some family down there, and um, you know, uh, it was like, okay, uh, if you're from France, you know, France is heavily Catholic, and he is just gonna happenstance come to a little Baptist church um, while he's on vacation. He's just gonna come into a Baptist church and sit there when he's probably Catholic or raised in Catholic. But you know. Um, so we, we, I sat behind him and just watched him and, you know, just watched what he was doing. But when he went to leave, I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tail him and see what he, what he does. Well, I expected him to get into a car. He didn't get into a car. He started walking. And um, he walked a classic surveillance detection pattern. I, I told you this. Walked down one street, turned left, walked all the way back to the church, turned right. And then he turned left again. And, and finally, I, I was following him from a ways off. So I just pulled up to him and I said, hey, buddy, um, you know, I, I, didn't, I saw you walking away. I didn't know if you needed a ride somewhere. And he said he was lost. Well, Matt, how do you get lost in teleco Plains? You've been here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're talking about one square mile. You can I, you can literally see all the
1: roads from one end of the
0: town to the yeah. other. I mean, yeah, He said he, could, he was trying to find
1: city center. And I went, well, you that, could, there's city center. But anyhow, so I picked him up and I said, well, where do you need to go? Well, he had me, he said he, he had me drive him up to 68. You know, you know, that's well, about a little over a mile walking. So, I mean, his, his whole story fell apart. I suspect he was there surveilling uh, our pastor to see if he was friend or foe. Um, you know, does he is he preaching a gospel of Jesus Christ or is he preaching the gospel of Karl Marx and wokeism? Um, that's what I think he was doing. They're reconning the place. This is a little telecomplains. Everything he said didn't add up. It just didn't add up. And so, when you think it's not happening, it's happening right underneath your nose, and you just don't know it's happening because you're not paying attention. Uh, again, your greatest enemy is hubris. Well, it won't happen here. My friends and I, Billy Bob, we'll get together and we'll just get our you know, guns out and go kill them all. It doesn't work like that guy. It doesn't work that way. Um, they will infiltrate you. They're very, very good at infiltration. Um, people don't realize that to take over the Soviet Union happened with about 300 key elements. Taking over the reins of government in the Soviet Union, I think it was 350. They controlled all the agencies, uh, and so from there, everybody else went along, and they—that's how the Soviet Union, 70 years of, um, you know, uh, slavery, basically because of just uh, less than 500 people who uh, took over their government. And so uh, we're seeing that happen. Yep. And you know, another thing I want to mention—you mentioned night vision. You know, they, they, these people will fight asymmetrical warfare. They're not going to do the, the, the typical 1776 where you know the Antifa and BLM on one side and the Patriots on the other and we just start shooting at each other AR-15s. You know that's not the way it's going to happen. You mentioned this and I think it's definitely worth talking. You know, will you see the do not dig signs? We look at it and say, well, I'm not going to dig there. They see it as saying like, that's where I'm going to dig um, because they know how to disrupt infrastructure. They know how to take the power plants out they know how to take the cell phone towers out they know how to destroy the water plants and and so billy bob when when the lights go out which is very 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 easy to do and you know i've got 50 guns in my safe you know i've never used them um i can't i can't run very far you know um but i've got 50 guns in my safe i can't see at night uh the cell phones are down i can't talk to my buddies and get them all corralled together uh you know we don't you don't realize that this is going to be the, the methodology by which they use. All you have to do is just look at where they've been, um, you know, where they, how they've done it. This is what they do. They destroy the infrastructure. And so they'll, they'll come to your town and your electricity will go down, your communication will go down, uh, possibly your water will go down. They'll probably hijack any trucks coming in and ransom them off, any food trucks, you know, that could come in. Obviously, then people will panic and your, your all your box stores will be raided. Um, and and it, it, could, it could happen very, very quickly. If you have a substation in your community that's largely unprotected, again, it uh, that substation is meant for an honest and peaceful people. Uh, you know, a couple 50 caliber rounds into one of those big old transformers and boy, oh boy, there it ends. Uh, so they plan this. They have the infrastructure for doing this. And I know that. I have friends that, that are in professional law enforcement, higher up, and that's what these people are doing. And so when you ask me the importance of uh nods or thermal, um, I I would just say, you know, it it's it's top tier, top shelf level of importance. The same thing with communication. That's why you teach your comms class. Because you know, your cell phone could easily go down. Cell phone towers are easy to take out, no problem at all. Then your cell phone doesn't work. What are you gonna do? You can't call, you can't talk to your wife. She's that da- she's you know. 50 miles away, grocery shopping somewhere or whatever, your kids are in school, and all of a sudden you have no plan to communicate. I'm telling you, you're going to be worthless at that point because your energy is not going to be directed towards, you know, uh, taking care of the challenges at hand. Your energy is going to be taken, worried, just used up in fear, worry about where's my family, somebody molesting my wife are my children okay. And that's going to be your concern. And so, you know, having that ability to see it at night and be able to communicate when the cell phones go down to me is I, 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 there. There is no level of importance. It's like what's the biggest number? It's infinity. Well, infinity doesn't have an end to it. 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 You can't put a value on it when it's your life on the line. You can't put a value on being able to see it at night and being able to communicate when uh, standard me- methodology of communication has gone down. It, it's priceless. I hope I answered your question. Exactly. Yeah. No. 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 That. That's. I
0: mean. It. It. It's deep level stuff. You know, and, and at the end of the day, you're making an investment in equipment, in, in that equipment and, and everything. But if you're not getting the training, you know, and, and this is something you've stressed and, and, you know, obviously I make my living doing this, but I don't care where you go to get the training. OK, I you know, I have my company. I have my perspective on, on the respective classes that I teach. But there's a mountain of great people out there and you need to be training with them. Uh, because just like, it, you know, you, you can run down to uh, Lowe's or Ace Hardware or wherever and uh, pick up all the tools, but it doesn't make you a carpenter. It doesn't make you a builder. You know, no. you you have to get the training, you you know, and and uh, that's what's critically important here. You know, that's what's critically important behind all of this is taking that opportunity. You know, you can buy all the things. And and you should have the right tools for the job. You should have the right stuff to keep you prepared. But you got to invest in that training, too, and, and the continuous training. You know, I have a lot of people who uh, come to class and, you know, they they have literally trained with, you know, a, a lot of other great trainers out there. And, uh, you know, they're coming to class and, and a lot of times it's, it's just for a different perspective on something, um, you know, and, and you need to be doing that. You need to be doing that. There's there's guys like when I was out in Utah uh, just a couple of weeks ago, you know, those guys have an annual budget that they set aside just for training. And it's it's not just the money. It's the time that they invest in it, too. And every one of those guys were saying, you know, like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is this is like my fifth week of training thus far, you know, in, in, in the past six months. And, you know, that's doing a lot of weekend classes and then, you know, my course, which was six days out there, you know, and and that's how much time these guys are dedicating to this stuff. And every one of them were saying, if I could dedicate more, I'd dedicate more because that's how important it is.
1: If you're buying gear and you're not training, you're buying just stuff you're going to throw away. I I mean – you know, I watched a Bruce Lee movie, so I'm, I'm I'm just a super martial artist. I, I know guys who watch. I have fought them. You know, I've gone into their dojos, and I've watched all the Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris videos, and I know all the moves. I'm, I've, I've watched the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu videos. I know how to do it all. And you get there, and you're tapping them out in just five seconds. I mean, they, they, they've they watched all this stuff. They've learned it in their head, but they've never got on a mat and and gotten their face smashed. And, you know, they've not had to work through pain. Um, and that's, I mean, you know, if you're if you've been a martial artist, you know, you have to work through the pain. You're gonna eventually get punched in the nose, and you're gonna have to work through that until you win. Uh, you know, training gives you that insight that reading doesn't do. And and that's where I think Antifa and those people—they're sending people into war zones. They're going around the globe getting uh, training. A lot of them are coming out of the military, and so these these are not just. You know, mama's boys sitting in their basement with their pink hair and their, you know, their girly shorts on. Uh, these, these are hardened people, and and we got to realize that this is the enemy we're going to face. And I think should the Republicans take um, power in in January, what we saw during the Trump administration is going to come back in spades. I mean, they're going to they're going to put them on the street again, and it is going to be violent, and it's going to be more violent this time. And, and so, you know. Internal, external violence. Uh, I just read an article by the president of Serbia. Did you see that? That he expects a great, what he called a great conflict within the next two months. I yeah. Mean, that, that's what he, I mean. He said it, not me. And and so you know, um, if you know, you'll learn real quick if you have a ham radio license. there's A lot of things you can do with radio. I mean, you can't do them right now. But when the zombies are right eating people, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm going to do what I need to protect my family. Um, You know, if if you have AR-15s and and, and they sit there or you're just shooting paper, you know, well, I I can shoot 100 yards and maintain a .3, you know, three-inch group. Who cares? Can you move and shoot? Can you move when you're being shot back at? Uh, That's what I loved about your training is when we were using live fire, the blank blanks, live fire with blank firing adapters. It really gives you that simulation of what, man, somebody's pointing a gun at me. And I know I got whacked one time because I wasn't paying attention to my flank. And you know, I was paying attention to a target, and my straight ahead, and this guy came around and flanked me, and boy, I was dead. You know, and and it, reading it in a book, you can never get that um, that sense of realization of what it's like unless you're actually doing it. I will never forget that having my head stuck at ninety, right right in front, my my you know, front and center, and had that guy come up and flank me. That that was that was such a learning uh, tool right there. It's like, man, keep your head on a swivel. You got to keep moving. You got to keep looking. Because you, I mean, in real life, you'd be dead right now. You'd be, you'd be uh, taking the dirt nap. Um, You know, so that's what training does. And uh, again, um, you know, whether it's medical training, uh, we have an 18 Delta coming out in uh, December teaching a medical course, TCC course. Uh, And so, you know, uh, knowing how to treat a medical thing, knowing how to use a radio. And, and Matt and I do put our money where our mouths at. Uh, I think we were, uh, we just found a piece of equipment we both invested in. We wanna see what it'll do. Uh, I'm sure we'll give a situation report on it after we play with it for a bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I might even try to get a distributorship for these radios, but it, they, these are these are man pack, fully waterproof, uh, 1.5 to 5.2 megahertz. Uh, I think you said it had uh, frequency hopping in it, possibly a lot of other neat neat yeah. features um and
0: there's, so there's a lot of claims to this to, to what this piece of equipment does i'm not going to mention it yet i, I no. know that i'm going to get a mountain of emails people what is this um you i know, am not going to mention it yet claim. until i can right I, I need to get trigger time with it one's coming though one's no, coming man.
1: no 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 you just buy it stick it in your closet and you know when the when when the zombies come uh, out you start that one and all in and use it right right yeah uh, right
0: Right. It, well, yeah. I mean, it, it can do all the things. Put all right? the buttons, you know. <laughs> right. Like, but, I mean, but
1: the guy told me this was supposed to work. I know. I need to put an antenna on it. I didn't. Nobody told me that. and I fried it. Oh my gosh. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean we're being a little flippant right now, but it, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many people buy my equipment and then just. What what you bought night three years ago? What's sitting in the closet? I said, dude, at least get out one night and hike around with it on. Get used to the feel of being able to see only 40 degrees, you know, 42 with a nod, uh, a bino. Uh, and so you learn to keep your head on a on a swivel. You know, get out and just walk around the neighborhood with it. Uh, if you've got those radios, I mean, you know, I, I bought those radios from Walmart and they say 36 miles. My friend only lives 20 miles away. Well, what, what they forgot to tell you is they didn't put a point in front of the three six because that's all you're going to get out of that radio, maybe a half a mile. You know, it's not going to go 36 right. miles. Uh, that's why I think you know, we've talked about doing a com map. That's what I've done for my property. I know my radios. I've dropped, I've driven east, west, north, south and know how far that radio will work at a certain distance. And when I lose signal, we make a mark. That's why I lose the signal. So I know the area of my, my uh, area of influence, area of operation. I know how far I can project a signal. So, I mean, but that that just didn't come to me. I had to go out and put it into practice and, and figure it out and get together with other right. people and say, let's, let's, let's come up with this plan here. But, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, the left does train better than we train. They, they do, we, we love gear. Um and, and it is, and I know Grant Thumb, I, I I love some of his videos, but he says, you know, it's 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 all it's not about the training. It's not about the gear. It's all about looking cool. You know, what I mean, and you know, he's being tongue in cheek. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people think. It's I I got cool gear, cool, you know, no training, but I you know, I, I look cool with it on. My AR fifteen has seven hundred attachments on it. Look at this thing. I can launch an ICBM with it. I mean, but have you ever carried that thing through the woods, up and down hills, and see how heavy it is? You know, know, I
0: I keep mine as light as possible, man. You you get an optic on it.